0: Goes through the glass. Yeah. Uh
1: Three Songs Podcast, Episode One Fifty Six.
0: One Fifty
1: Six, March Twenty Fourth, Two Thousand Twenty One. Bob Nastanovich with Mister Ghost in Des Moines. Uh, Mike Hogan here with Donut the Cat in Portland, Oregon. Cool, Welcome, Bob. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. Good.
0: Yeah, I'm good too. I, I, no, I'm not. I'm. Um... I'm going to check myself. On the on the last show, I felt like I um, blathered too much during the intro, so I'm going to jump right into the music on this show, Mike.
1: Okay. Um, you're doing well? I'm doing well. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, let's go with some classic hip-hop. I don't think we played classic hip-hop in a long time. No. Yeah. Back to the mid-'80s. Uh, a band that started off very much like is a big part of the early gangster rap scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, unfortunately, their DJ, the great Scott Rock, was murdered on, on what was my 20th birthday in 1987. And um, this is after their first album, Criminal Minded, came out, talking about Boogie Down Productions. And then they made a very politically conscious, sort of anti-violent hip-hop record, all, by All Means Necessary. And i um, you know, play one of the most famous songs on it. Many, many fans of the genre will be familiar with it. This is My Philosophy by Boogie Down Productions. Featuring the so legend KRS-One. you a philosopher?
2: Yes.
3: Yes. Yes. Yes.
4: Yes. I think very deeply. I think very deeply. I think very deeply.
2: I think... I think, I think very deeply. In about four seconds, I think, a teacher will begin to speak. I think very deeply. Huh. Let us begin. What, where, why, or when? We'll all be explained like instructions to a game. See, I'm not insane, in fact, I'm kinda rational. rational. When I'm asking, you, who is more than This one or that one? But Right up to your face and diss you Everyone saw me on the last album cover Holding a pistol, something far from a lover Beside my brother, S-C-O-T-T I just laughed, cause no one can defeat me This is lecture number two, my philosophy Number one was poetry, you know it's me I walk with my head up When I hear whack rhymes, I get fed up Rappers like a setup A lot of games A lot of suckers with colorful names I'm so-and-so, I'm this, I'm that But they all just... to think that we would end the trend we criminal, criminal, criminal minded and mining just only 10 funky 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 hit records hit, no more than four minutes wreckage. and some seconds the competition checks and checks and keeps checking, checking. checking. A little unrational. A lot of MCs like to use the word Dramatical. Fresh for 88, you suckers. Yeah. suckers, suckers, yeah. suckers,
0: suckers, suckers, suckers. We yeah. were the suckers.
1: <laughs> yeah, no more music by the suckers. Uh, Karis won. So, of course... Karis
0: won, man. Saw him play live in Tampa in the early 90s. Best best hip-hop show I ever saw by some ways. Really? Guy delivered the goods. Yeah, I can imagine.
1: And as a uh, white kid who, in the 80s, was not terribly familiar with too much rap, I mean, I knew um, Run DMC and um, Tone Loke and kind of the stuff that was big.
0: uh, We had a known public enemy. uh,
1: I did, but probably a couple years later. About Beastie Boys? Yeah, you know, sure, sure. And
0: what about... Um, um, what about uh, N.W.A.?
1: Uh, Yeah, but probably not right when they first got popular. Um, anyway, right. what I was going to say Ultramagnetic was, MCs? As a kid who was a an R.E.M. fan at the time, I think my introduction to KRS-One definitely came with him appearing on that R.E.M. song. Right. Remember that one?
0: Um, not off the top of my head, no.
1: It's. I think it was called Radio Song or something like that. It's um, not their best, um, and it came out. I want to guess in the late '80s, early '90s. Um, huh, I mean,
0: I, I know I've heard of the name of the song. I, you know, and I've heard the song. And I just didn't know it was him on it. Uh, I know the song.
1: I'm pretty sure it is. Um, yeah. Pretty sure it is, and it was kind of like at the time I th- sort of thought of it as. Uh, their answer to uh, Cool Thing.
0: Right. Interesting they would do that. but um,
1: That was 91 came out on Out of Time.
0: Yeah. It's I know that it's a good album.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Boogie Down Productions, is South Bronx. But when, mm-hmm. when I was in New York, um, just after that record was made, by all means necessary, KRS-One um, was... Um, a big part of like what was going on in Tompkins square park with the huge homeless population going on there. Right. And, um, here's just second like, a huge, formidable part of that late eighties, early nineties, um, you know, very New York hip hop scene, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, uh, and, uh, but just a tremendous wordsmith in a major constant in that band with D nice. And they, you know, they lost their DJ, one of their best friends and like, he kind of changed the course of their their career, and of course, then of course, he went on to a pretty amazing solo career. But
1: yeah, and It's an interesting, like
0: too. in um, hip hop, how they how it's very it always seems to be very they get their get their points across. Of course, very directly, but it's also very autobiographical.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I mean, it's all, all kind of about themselves and their scene, and usually like being very conscious of in one to take down the competition. You
1: know? mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's interesting to note, I mean, you you called that. Nancy Light,
0: I mean, you, you, you listen to her, right?
1: Yeah, but, you know, probably not at the time. A lot of this stuff I really just wasn't aware of and wasn't listening to kind of, you know, quote-unquote popular radio at the time. So other than maybe seeing it on MTV or hearing it, you know, because of a friend, which most of my friends weren't really into that sort of stuff. It just, I didn't come across it until I chose to seek it out a little later, probably in the early 90s, I would say.
0: Yeah, see, in my case, like, you know, being on college radio from the, you know, really the early 80s and, you know, mid, mid 80s to the end of the 80s, like, if you're doing a college radio show, there's a lot of your fellow DJs that, you know, there's varying levels of their interest in in hip hop music, whether it be, you know, the older stuff or the current stuff. And you know, the '80s were a huge decade, for, right? And um, so you 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 know, you, in my case, you'd play, you'd sprinkle it into your radio show, sure, with, like grunge and punk and everything else. But some people would go like, some people would then go like half hip hop. Some 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 people who you you know, kind of used to listen to like. You know punk and jangly pop and stuff they would you know gradually go more and more hip-hop so we actually had kind of hip-hop authorities when we were doing college radio so you just kind of like you know follow their lead yeah um
1: yeah and like
0: boogie boogie down productions would have been heavy airplay right because they made their two great albums in 87 and 88 along with nwa public enemy you know Air several King, other ultra magnetic yeah. mcs for sure yeah but there was like you know there's Several people that were, you know, of course, like um,
1: Eric, Eric B. and Rakim.
0: Eric B. and Rakim was huge. Yeah. Um, and um, but you know, and you, um, so was Gangstar. Gangstar was, a, was an amazing band, right? And from, from Newark, from Newark.
1: You uh, remember, I was a few years after you, so I was doing that more likely in the early '90s when you were. Yes, it was all kind of 80s.
0: it was like really happening in the in yeah. the '80s.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, and so, maybe the '90s weren't as I'm sure they were because, yeah, at that point, because, of course, like, you know, the year that punk broke or whatever as they say it is, you know, Nirvana never mind. Like the year that really sort of like hip hop broke would have been like several years before that.
1: Right. Right. And, you know, I think in terms of of like
0: being something that was part of popular culture.
1: Sure. And a lot of the stuff that was newer and at the time that I was in college radio and likely to play it would have been more like the cypress hill um you know later beastie boys you know (laughs) later like check your head yeah um, check your head yeah you know uh paul's boutique yeah or even yeah even later than well paul's
0: boutique was late 80s
1: right right so yeah more like check your head and um you know uh the ill communication one uh yeah so uh, you know it was more like that era and you know i mean i played a band the goats um who I always thought of as kind of contemporary and I think they were on the same label contemporaries of, of Cypress Hill kind of forerunners to the roots. I think the roots certainly were, um, early nineties to mid nineties. Um, but yeah, it was a definite evolution from a lot of that stuff that you were talking about earlier. Right. And it's interesting. Well,
0: the, the King, the Kings were really, you know, public enemy and then the NWA, and then there was that, you know, there's the, major east coast west coast rivalry thing, and then you know so boogie down productions were you know part of the all-star team from the east coast
1: sure sure and it's it's interesting that you mentioned that they're i mean i think rightly that they were called gangster rap at the time but you know listening to that song and how much he censors himself and uses you know says f instead of fuck or they beep out you know the word um it's it's just interesting to see kind of that evolution of what was considered gangsta and what's like now.
0: Happening. Yeah, well, in their case, you know, like you know, their one of their best mates had, had been killed, murdered. So, like, I, I think you know that kind of changed their whole stance. Like, if you listen to the two sure. albums back to back, like Criminal Mind is a lot nastier. Yeah, that's fair. So, All so right. they were clear. They were clarifying with my philosophy. Yeah, Lawrence Chris Parker, the great KRS One was. Cool. Lawrence Chris Parker, one of the one of the all time kings of the hip hop game.
1: Yeah, well, I will um, I will kind of shift gears a little bit, and I will take us back earlier into the '80s, and I will take us across the pond to to the UK, to uh, Herefordshire.
0: Uh, in Hertfordshire.
1: Hertfordshire is that how you say it?
0: Yeah, Hertfordshire. Hartfordshire. A C R T Yeah, Hartford, Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, is there an A? Her, uh, yeah, I, I didn't think there was an no, A. No, it's a,
0: no, it's there's no A, but it's pronounced. Pronounced Hartfordshire. Hartfordshire.
1: Okay, fair enough. Hertfordshire, UK. Um, this is from a cassette only release uh, called On C30, so a 30 minute cassette release from 1981 on a small label called In Phase Records, um, which had early releases from Legendary Pink Dots, groups like that. So um, kind of that UK, new wave, post-punk, almost electronic um, scene. And this is a band called Bona Dish. They released two cassette-only EPs, or two cassette-only Well, none of that
0: Zaragoza tapes one. Well, so, is that a so, is that so, a compilation yeah, that's a thing?
1: compilation. So they released yeah. in 1981. They released on C30, and in 1982 they released an, a cassette EP called EP. Both of which were later reissued in 2013. So, you know, like twenty.
0: And that'd be the first I ever heard of them yeah 22
1: years after the fact they were reissued on the captured tracks label kind of compiled all their stuff, reissued it. so there's not a ton yeah. here um, but it's an interesting it's an interesting collection of work and uh, I'll play a couple songs they're they're, they're short. Um, I'll play the first one I'm not sure who the singer is but um, first one is a female vocalist and I'll play uh, second one. Um, with a male vocalist. But uh, yeah, they're both these are both originally from that on C thirty release in nineteen eighty one. First song's called Actress by, by the group Bona Dish. On. This one's called Intense. Definitely a bit of a New Order Joy Division vibe.
0: I was thinking like kind of a B-52s vibe, certainly the first song.
1: Yeah, I mean, right, right. It's kind of that like darker feel than the B-52s, but there's also that kind of bounciness that you mentioned. Yeah, and it
0: rips, you know, the guitar rips. I really dug the... Per, the I wonder if that was a kind of rapidly played bongos on the first track.
1: <laughs> yeah. you, you know, the this first one... It's pretty cool. You know what it really reminded me of? The first one reminds me a bit of "Bow Wow Wow."
0: Yeah, I was going to say yeah, kind of like that, you know, sort of thing. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: I love candy.
1: Exactly. I I yeah. want candy. Um, which yeah, is, I
0: want candy. I want candy. Which Sorry, is a that's cover. a That's a huge MTV hit. Right. That was the "Forever" you know, was one.
1: That was a that was a. Co- I didn't realize that was a cover for years and years. That's one of those songs that, you know, I knew had no idea it was a '60s tune. Oh yeah, me
0: neither. Well, we wouldn't have done, you know, because they, right, you know, the the VJs at the time were kind of like telling us that sort of thing. If they were, we weren't really paying attention. We were just looking forward to it coming on. But uh, yeah, no, bona dish, b-o-n-a dish, bona um,
1: dish. I wonder if yeah. they were any inspiration to the um, to that Morrissey record, bona drag, or what? Uh, who the hell knows? What? You know, I mean, that's <laughs> a difficult question. You <laughs> know, exactly.
0: Isn't <it>? But. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, obviously they made some, I think they had, a, a, I don't think they were, had, you know, a huge following.
1: No, no. When and they, they
0: existed. So like, um, they, they and keep have. in mind, like where they came from in the Western part of England is not like Rock and Roll City, you know, it's like. Right. Um,
1: they, they couldn't have. And, you know, especially that their albums were only released on cassette. Tells you right there. It's kind of a self-limiting factor. Um, yeah,
0: especially back then. Like, mm-hmm, yep. Now, now of course, there's huge things on everything. So. Right. It
1: predated the whole like cassette revival or cassette, you know, home taping era. You know, like 1981, a cassette-only release. Like,
0: just, yeah, no, there were definitely like um, avid listeners of you know things going around at the time, like you know whether it be beacons going for. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't have knows if they even heard... imagine they would have heard B-52s, but they wouldn't have heard Pylon, you know. Sure, yeah. I wouldn't think,
1: you know. Right, but... unless they came over. Did Pylon do any touring to the UK?
0: Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, I don't If think they so. would have, I think it would have been more recent than back in their... That's true. They, Although, I do know there's, like, um, the version I have of Gyrate by Pylon's an Italian version, so they, okay. they might have done. Yeah, so maybe... Um, you know, of course, as REM got big. And of course, you know, I don't know really when Pylon sort of, I can't pinpoint when Pylon stopped for the first time. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> um, I think it was after about maybe perhaps less than 10 years. And then, of course, they've been occasionally reprised in, in many, many forms. But um, mm-hmm. no, Bonadish, thanks for playing that.
1: Yeah, you're welcome.
0: Good stuff. Enjoy those tracks. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. I've got a birthday girl for us. An Italian-born woman. Today's her birthday. Her name's um, Emma Tricia. I, I, I didn't realize she was Italian. I, I've always kind of called her Emma Trica, But she's been around for about 20 years. She apparently moved from Italy to London, and I believe she's currently located in New York City. Um, she's made it's E M M A T R I C C A. I think. It, that's the way you pronounce it, as an Italian tricia. Um She's made three really cool records. Um, the first two, I believe, are on a label called Finders Keepers, mm-hmm. London-based, mm-hmm. and um, Minor White was the one that came out in 2009. It's not as clean-sounding as her other two, Relic in 2014 and St. Peter in 2018, which would would be her most recent album. Um, it's on a label called Del Orso, and um, she's, you know, way more folky. Um, in the case of this third album, Saint Peter, she enlisted the brilliance of Steve Shelley of Sonic Youth fame sure. on and the crucifix <laughs> on on drums, and a guy uh, who's. Played some stints with the legendary, the Dream Syndicate, a guitar player named Jason Victor. So she upped the ante personnel-wise, and um, this is one of the best songs on really a great album by her called St. Peter. It's a song by Emma Treacher called Salt.
1: The crucifix on drums, there, as you put it.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> just crucifying around. <laughs> it's um, I thought I mean, it's a gorgeous song. It and,
1: is, it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, accented by a fantastic um, string section there, and yeah, she. I've noticed that. Um, it's funny. It's you know, it's one of the, these funny things that happens in these days of social media. Um, I've listened to her off and on for the last decade and i've always considered her i don't know if you do this with artists but i've always considered her, considered her like a seasonal artist like um mm. like the fall i always sort of listen to more when like the weather's kind of nasty like um <laughs> yeah i always find it interesting like when when people are going through heavy like listening sessions of the fall like during like you know, on spring pretty spring and summer days. And like <laughs> yeah. so bands like Bell and Sebastian and Sure. Even even going back like um to like uh, you know when I used to listen a lot to like Robin Hitchcock and the Soft Boys, there's certain bands that I considered winter bands and like um Emma seems to sing it's got a very wintry feel. Mm-hmm. It goes well with like mm-hmm. Cold, icy weather. Um, so, like you know, I just think it's a lot easier to listen to the fall and Emma Tricia when it's like, I'm not saying an ice storms going on, but just like during the colder months. But you know, perhaps she's an all seasons artist, but like she does seem to, winter seems to be a, a bit of a theme.
1: Yeah, and and there's this like kind of tone to her voice. I don't know if it was an accent, but this kind of timber that was very unique and interesting.
0: Uh, yeah, what I was going to mention is that, like, a few years ago, like, I, I got a Facebook friend request from her, which is always interesting, like, an artist that you listen to, and you get a Facebook friend request. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. So, and then I've I, got one of her records, you know, I, I, I dig her music, and, yeah, I'll, I'll friend her, you know, and like, so, I guess, like, we're Facebook friends. That's why I know it's her birthday, so I, I imagine that.
1: I guess that's what happens when you're, like, kind of an indie rock celebrity. Mm-hmm you get Facebook friend requests from artists you listen to.
0: I think maybe, or maybe a music podcast celebrity, Mike, I think it was, you know, it was actually during the era of the podcast, but anyways. It's
1: fair, but you know, I mean, let's be honest here. I doubt, I think if it was Pavement Silver Jews versus Three Songs Podcast, I think, you know, she was probably like, oh, I should follow that Bob Nostanovich guy Because he's in the pavement in Silver Jews
0: yeah, yeah, you know, the interesting thing is funny you should mention that Because I have more mutual friends With Jason Lowenstein on Facebook Than anybody else wow. J- Jason Lowenstein from Sebedev. Yeah, sure You know, more than Whitney More than S- my wife
1: Sparklepsy you know.
0: <laughs> Yeah, Sparklepsy, yeah
1: <laughs> um, well, tell Jake Jason Rock,
0: baby, Jake Rock
1: T- 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 tell tell can... him hi for me. I haven't, I haven't Yeah, he's great. Yeah. I haven't had any contact with that man for probably twenty five years, but
0: uh, Yeah, always a welcome I've never met Emma Treacher, but let's throw him in the same category. Always a welcome site, Jason Longstead. Yeah.
1: Um lead off track on the our band Could Be Your Life Minutemen tribute record was Sparkle. Outside. Yeah.
0: So Well, one of the biggest Minutemen fans of all time.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, I can understand yeah. why. Brilliant guy! Uh, all right well i am going to i'm going to keep it current um you played something from two, a 2018 album i'm going to do the same but i'm going to play a band from brisbane australia yeah queensland um
0: hot there mike yes very hot
1: yes uh the label in australia is chapter music here in the u.s um the label is called wichita the band is the this band. band's
0: like um, for a bunch of kids from Queensland. Obviously, they have the connection. The Forster kid, Robert Forster from the Go Between's mm-hmm. son, but they've done like ex- son of yeah. So it's Robert Forster's kid. What's his name?
1: Uh Lewis Forster.
0: Yeah, Lewis Forster and a couple of his buddies are a three-piece. Mm-hmm. Yep, they've and they, they're definitely worldwide. Two albums.
1: They- yep, um, Up to Anything was their debut record in two thousand sixteen. And then they did We're Not Talking in 2018. Um, I'm going to play a song from that We're Not Talking record. The go- kind of
0: bigger than their dad.
1: The Goon Sacks. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on the circles. I think probably in our audience, more of the listeners know the go-betweens than the Goon Sacks. But maybe
0: not. I don't know. Um, no, but I'm saying like, in terms of like their current audience, is pretty massive. Sure, sure. quite. And the likely. go-betweens where I don't... think they played too many you know big european festivals when they were in their prime
1: that's true um but yeah in in, you know i didn't real this is a band i heard them first before i realized that the singer was the son of robert forster but as soon as i did i can definitely hear the similarities in their vocals Um, right and i don't know how much of a go-betweens fan you are but
0: well, no, it was a, well, pretty
3: big, but okay. I wonder,
0: do they um, have um, any explanation for their band name, The Goon Sax? I mean, did like, you I, think it was did. almost going to sound like the No Neck Blues Band?
1: <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 one of those names that seems almost too silly and goofy to be. Taken seriously, I don't know. I don't know what. Yeah. Maybe maybe while the song is playing, I'll I'll go to their website and see if they have any explanation at all. <laughs> you don't
0: have to. Okay. Just, what, what song are you gonna play?
1: Uh, I'm gonna play a song called uh, "A Few Times Too Many" from the "We're Not Talking" LP from 2018. Timeless little pop song. Yeah, keep in
0: mind, these are teenagers. Well, I think right. by they're in their early 20s now. Yeah,
1: when they started, they were definitely teenagers. That's true. Yeah.
0: Have they done anything recently?
1: Well, that one came out in 2018. Their first one is 2016. I haven't seen anything more current than that album.
0: This is another band that would fall into the category of being shut down by the pandemic.
1: Yeah, quite likely. <clears throat> and who knows if they've maybe been you know hunkering down writing recording and just haven't released anything that could No it awesome. three
0: pieces that we should mention the other two dudes Lewis Forster and ja- J- 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 J-
1: J- James Harrison Go ahead James Harrison and Riley Jones
0: Yeah three dudes three cool dudes from from Brisbane
1: mm-hmm. Yeah and, just um, good albums you know their first one up to anything's quite good as well In fact yeah, it's great great I had a hard time choosing which song to play uh, I considered playing the title track from that f- first album but went with that one yeah
0: instead. I mean the song, we'll play it Mike I mean you know it's already give it queued up what's it called up, uh, to, up, up to you
1: up to anything yeah you want to hear another one
0: yeah up to anything
1: yeah. okay here you go Goon similar vibe similar vibe um 2016
5: I guess it's too bad you come over more than over again I can't walk I can't walk this sadness out I just walk I just walk these things around. Running out of money, to be reassured I'm running out of patience, I've heard this all before I want people to think about Nowhere, all over again I can't walk, I can't walk this sadness out I just walk, I just walk these things around
0: Yeah, it very charming. It's interesting. I, I'm just reading some things about their critical reception Yeah. in that section of their Wikipedia page. <laughs> and um, some anonymous source from Billboard described that album as, quote, a gorgeous collection of slacker default rock. Huh. What in the... F as Karis, one would say, is slacker default rock. And then, like, it's uh, a journalist know, term, I guess. Um, I don't know. Yeah, paternalist <laughs> journalist. and the paternalist journalist Robert Criscow. Do you have an opinion on Robert Criscow? The legendary uh, rock critic.
1: Um, you know, I, I don't have a strong one, I guess. Most
0: famously um, for the Village Voice. And
1: sure, sure. Letters, I, I do have several that. Several books. I do have that Sonic Youth seven-inch. Uh, I killed Chris Gow with my big dick.
0: Yeah. Um, um, see, I don't know Robert Chris Gow personally, but like, um, and this, I probably, the like kind of, this would be my reaction to most rock critics. Like, um, at least in my case, as I don't really, I'm unaware of what the legendary Mr. Chris Gow thought of Silver Cheese, but. He always did, always did pavement a good turn. So like, mm-hmm. you know, was, I can't say. Anything. Sure. I mean, I don't have any bad to say about it, but like he said about the goon sax, writing, writing that the band was, quote, cruder than even the earliest go-betweens who were a university band after all, and somewhat static at their worst. Usually, however, they're charming at least. Interesting. So like, that's quite indifferent.
1: It is, and and you know, it's kind of a shame because had uh, you know, when I first heard them, I didn't know that there was a go between's connection. Um, and you know, knowing that, well, see,
0: Robert did because he had, he read the press release of, before he listened to the of, record of, for of, you to review it. Of course, which he gave it, which he gave it a gave it an A minus.
1: So he gave it a name minus, but that was a pretty, like you said, pretty indifferent review. Uh, yeah, I mean
0: usually however they're charming at least to me is like B minus Yeah. Right. Scription. Right.
1: Well, who knows yeah. if if his he might have filed the review and the editor may have given the rating, which is often what happens in those situations. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, like the I think my understanding for like pitchfork and whatnot is they're not The writer is not saying, oh, I want to give it a 7.3 instead of a 7.8. Like, a lot of that is happening on the editorial side.
0: See, I always think when I see a Pitchfork review with their numerical rating system that the band has actually had to do, like, um, Olympic-style gymnastics vaults. (laughs) Right. And, like, then they rate their scores on how well they can do the vaults.
1: And the Russian judge was overly harsh.
0: They nail the landing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then, of course, if they're, like, sort of super cool and burgeoning, then you have to give it, like, a 9.3. Right. Automatically. Right. Or... or... I don't know. I mean, I can't, like, you know, again, like, being from very well-treated critics' bands, like, even, like, dealing with rock critics that like certain things and then decided, okay, the flavor of the month... Era was over for this band, so now, I'm just, now it's cool to diss them. And uh, but I can't really diss them because I still like it. You know, I mean, like, right. I, right. I, you know, it's just it's interesting. It's, um, I've it's, never.
1: It's all so weird. And, made a
0: penny off of that, or podcasting for that matter. So, um, right. but it is like you know, there's a lot of people that do make a living off of this sort of thing. Right. Um, and yeah. you know, Crisco. I think he's he's been around since. I mean I think when we were children
1: yeah um, oh definitely late 70s early 80s for sure
0: yes I mean he is like an authority so I mean I'm not gonna no. what, I'm sorry what, the what's it refreshed me on the Sonic youth seven inch title
1: uh, uh, I should go I should go grab it but it's uh I killed Chris Gow with my big dick is what I remember yeah. it being. Um, yeah. It was, well, it's that forced exposure one. I mean, basically it's, it's kill your idols. Uh, it's an alternate yeah. live version of kill your right. idols. I, that's, I think I own it, but, um, that's the name of the, that's what they named the song.
0: Including Kim, like, you know, collectively, like there might've been a big dick there, but who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, I'll segue into, let's just go to Williamsburg. Um, Early state, or Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, quite expensive to live there these days. Yes, it um, is. Are, in fact, when this record was made, or, they, or when this band started, they kind of started in a scene that was sort of centered around a coffee, like, I guess, a very hip coffee shop in, in Williamsburg. can't recall the name of that. band called Akron Family. Are you familiar with this lot?
1: I am, yeah. I haven't heard yeah, them Akron's. in years,
0: but yes. I... Yeah, Akron. Well, I think they were around from '02 02 until 2013. Mm-hmm. Interesting career because they started, you know, in the early 2000s, on um, this little Brooklyn folk scene, and, um, and then they worked their way to Portland at some point. And I think this the song I'm going to play is when they were in Portland, and um, at some point they reached out to Michael Gerard Swans. Um, who has a label called Young God. Mm-hmm. And um, he started a band called Angel of Light and Akron slash family, Akron family, was backing band on that. And um, the one I'm going to play, we'll talk about him afterwards, you told me what you know, is off an album called Set em Wild, Set Em Free, which is on the Dead Oceans label, which is a... Uh, secretly Canadian Bloomington, Indiana mm-hmm. you know, it's Bloomington Rock City this is sort of like the Lawndale of Indiana um, on Dead Oceans I'm going to play you River by Akron Family nice egg shaker by the way mm-hmm.
6: make
1: Are playing on that
0: one, yeah, it's cool. I mean, um, yeah, so a band that went from Williamsburg to Portland and to L.A. and then one of their band members, Ryan Vander, who left the band and joined a Buddhist temple, 2007. <laughs> that was the 2009 record. Then a gentleman that frequently played with them, a guy named Miles Seaton, um, died died last month, sadly. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Miles, at the age of 41. Um, wow. So, yeah, interesting. I don't know what they're up to now, but, in, you know, very busy band. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so what? what's your... Did you see them?
1: I never saw them. In You know, in my mind, I kind of always... And I don't know if this was fair or unfair, and I don't have any uh, bad connotations with this band, but I always kind of... Connected them in my mind with a band like the Avet Brothers.
0: Well, I think they're good, Avet Brothers.
1: Yeah, um, is that well, fair? Now, what about the
0: Decemberists?
1: Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, I I, I can of... see
0: I could see them like you know from listening to Akron Film, I can see them playing with the Decemberists.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair too. I could be
0: completely wrong there, but like, I
1: um whether again it's...
0: this is just like you know bands that kind of got big in the first ten years of this millennium are sort of a void to me. So like, it's a, like, it's kind of been like the last five years.
1: Right. And, and whether it's fair or unfair, I, I kind of lump them in, you know, and part of the reason why I say the Avett br- brothers is a little bit of that Americana folk scene that, um, yeah. Uh, you know, but, but they, they kind of, it's similar to the Avett brothers, like kind of, uh, transcend that and are a little bit more alternative as well not just that's quality you know yeah right and the songs the songs to back it up um Mm -hmm. but the akron family or akron slash family or however you say it um they're a band that i've uh i mean they've got a huge discography and i only know like a sliver of it so
0: Yeah, yeah i mean i don't know much i know 25 songs
1: yeah well, cool. Well, well, thank thank you for sharing. Um, you know, as you often do, you play these bands that I'm familiar with, but I don't know nearly enough about their history or their full discography, and so it's always a good reminder to dive in and learn a little bit more.
0: Yeah, it's mind blowing to me to like delve into these things and realize like how like you know big these things got either when they existed or even you know currently today like yeah that you just only ever really seen the name so then you sort of delve in and like you know, then you have to you know you, i mean what how many songs do you listen to like a handful like 10 and if it grabs you like um well, like asper's is another one like yeah you ever listen to asper's a
1: little bit yeah similar similar like i've scratched the surface but not not gone yeah
0: same you know still scratching i'll probably play them them on an upcoming show there's you know there's really like you know several songs i like but then there's that whole thing with music where like you know these bands aren't coming to des moines where i've now lived since 2007 um and i'm not out there myself so i'm not going to encounter them or you know perhaps see their brilliance live so you feel like you're sort of in this like I mean, it's nice to be doing the podcast to have, you know, an outlet for, you know, what you listen to and what kind of impression it makes on you. But, um, yeah, Akron Family, a band that that was sort of, you know, really kind of a significant part of American indie rock, you know, however you want to call it, because it is American indie rock, the first several years of the millennium. And then they said, I mean, I, I don't even know what they're up to now.
1: Yeah, um, I don't think they've released anything in the last... I've
0: never listened to Angel of Light. I mean, they were the backing band behind, you know, Michael from the Swans. I mean, right. Sure. So, and that doesn't sound like... I don't know what Angel of Light's like, but it doesn't sound like...
1: Right. It's not what I you know. think of. Like, I don't hear that and immediately think of Swans.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, no, not not at all. I mean, one of the last things you think of, and like, I mean, I, certainly if you listen to Woods, you can see them playing with you know, David on Purple Mountains, but like you can't hear that band backing up swans. Like I've been listening to Angel of Light, but maybe they're cool too. But um, if that's autobiographical and he considers himself the Angel of Light, then perhaps it's best swerved. Um, Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyways.
1: All right. Well, I will um, end things... With some Nigerian psychedelic rock from the seventies, and this is a okay, band. well, like
0: the Lord knows that's you know.
1: Yeah, this is quite a pivot there. They're called Ofo the Black Company, and Ofo Ofo Ofo, Ofo the Black Company. Uh, I think I'm saying it right. Maybe I'm not, but forgive me if I'm not. They released a few singles and albums in the early to mid 70s and then um changed their name to uh ofo the rock company and released Mm. a live lp called live in europe funk africa in 1978 and and then they released an album in 1980 um, under ofo the black company uh, called people's law a lot of this stuff is incredibly hard to find. Very little of it has been reissued. I stumbled across them only like at you know, as part of compilations on you know uh, African psychedelic rock. Um, yeah, you can
0: buy Emma Treacher's record on our bandcamp page. Well,
1: good. good. the um, the only thing you can buy from OFO. The rock or black company is the live in Europe, um, funk Africa album has been reissued by a label called PMG in Austria in 2017. And you, Whoa, can, an Austrian label, yeah, it's an Austrian label that does a whole bunch of reissues of like cool 70s and 80s African music. Um, Whoa, PMG is the name of the label. It's pmg-label.bandcamp.com. Tons of great stuff on there. Like, oh, that's a nice
0: tip, Mike. Amazing. Say stuff. that again for me one time.
1: pmg-label.bandcamp.com. And, you know, the vinyl is relatively reasonably priced. Even with European shipping from Austria, it's like 12 euros and 9 euros shipping, you know. So. Oh, yeah,
0: that's, that's, that's the same thing you'd pay for any like currently released album in the u.s
1: exactly exactly yeah. um so highly recommend dive into label. the pmg highly recommend that label and if you like this song um check out the one that they reissued and hopefully they'll reissue the two other lps as well as some of the seven inches that are uh, uh completely unavailable and sell if you could find even a seller for ridiculous amounts of money I will play a song, eh, this is another one where I was kind of debating what to play. I'll play their first 7-inch from 1972. This one strangely came out on London Records in the UK, and Decca as well. Huge. Huge. This was a bit of a hit um, for them, Uh, and if they're known, they're known for this song. It's called "Ala Wakbar. O- yeah. O- Ofo, the black company.
0: Yeah, that Ofo's is going to host for the Ofo.
5: Yeah, here you go. Yeah. Right. 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 Oh, yeah,
2: Hello. Nah, nah. Hello.
1: Fiery guitar solo. Yeah, damn thing. in London,
0: they had to fire that out. Yeah. I mean, they had, to, they, had to, they had to tone that down. They had, to, they had to fade it out.
1: They did. Yeah, that could have gone on for a while. Um, who knows
0: how long it actually went on?
1: Can you imagine seeing that live, too? That just seems well, like... Well, that is
0: a complete chaos. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, who knows? Have so you watched them? Um, I wonder if that's on any of their live footage on YouTube.
1: Uh, you know, I haven't looked. Uh, that's a good question, though.
0: Yeah, I will.
1: Okay. Be interesting yeah. to check out.
0: But, Imagine they were well adorned.
1: Yeah, I would I would think. Yeah. And you know, I was looking at that um PMG label Bandcamp page. The the little blurb that they have for uh the live in What's it called live in That's Europe? That's when
0: they were Ofo the Rock Machine.
1: Ofo the Rock Company, yeah. Uh, the live, rock Company yeah. live in Europe, funk Africa, Africa. There's a little note here by someone Peter Moore, whoever that is, wrote the little blurb about it, and um, there's a note. Here. It wasn't slacker. Yeah. Um, so it says uh, <laughs> the undead... Um. The, see. Okay, so the undoubted highlight uh, is the extended prog rock wig out of Ayaya Recorded at the Berlin gig before an obviously delighted crowd
0: Obviously delighted
1: See if you can pick out the moment where the band was joined on stage by a long-haired hippie Who insisted on playing guitar They didn't realize it at the time, but it was Carlos Santana There you go,
0: yeah <laughs> It's well in, yeah
1: so, <laughs> uh, craziness in madness. Berlin. Yeah, and evidently they played in Berlin. Um, to like this huge concert. According to this, it says uh, 900,000 people. It seems insane.
0: Oh, my Lord. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how many of those people we can hear it, but.
1: Right. Yeah, an Who astonishing knows? gig in East Germany where they played before nine hundred thousand people.
0: Wow! Well, more power to hopefully with for the Black Machine. Thanks, mate.
1: Yeah, you, you bet. Uh, good show, fun chat. Yeah, thank
0: you, man. Enjoyed it. Yep, you, you look after yourself. You too. Out there, yep, and um, we'll do it soon. Yeah,
1: thank you, as always. I love you, my man. And, yeah, I uh, love you too. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll do this again. Quite yeah, give
0: donut, give, give donut a nice pat for me. Yeah,
1: she has, she has been running and jumping up onto the windowsill throughout the whole show. Uh, Bless
0: you, yeah, Mister Ghost. He, he, you know, he's he's put himself to bed. He does that. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant, brilliant. In fact, I was going to mention that about Ofo, uh, Ofo, the Black Machine. Um, that's the kind of music you would play, like if you had like 18 people over at your house at a party, and like it was getting kind of late and you kind of wanted to separate the wheat from the chaff and like you, you kind of crank that full blast. And like the people who couldn't hang anymore would kind of clear out.
1: <laughs> yep. Fair enough. Well, you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, Mr. Ghost went to bed during it. Donut, donut jumped up on the windowsill. So
0: there yeah. You go. Music for cats. The, the,
1: the difference between a kitten and a, and a and corgi, you know, corgi, a corgi. So yeah. All right. Take care of yourself. All right. Love you, my man. We'll talk soon. Yeah.